Unions and educators across Vancouver are voicing concerns about a teacher shortage and its impact on students. Uh, they've penned an open letter to the Vancouver School Board revealing how dire the situation is becoming. Uh, between October and December, nearly 1,300 absences were not filled in elementary schools, including nearly 1,000 when resource teachers were pulled from work supporting vulnerable students to cover shifts. Uh, the letter uh, had mentioned uh, in regards to the impact of Vancouver. The letter was signed by Vancouver Secondary Teachers Association, Vancouver Elementary and Adult Educator Society as well, along with uh, two QP locals. Joining me now to discuss the issue is Clint Johnston, President of the BC Teachers Federation. Clint, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Clint, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Well, that's a great opening question. Um, you know, we've been trying to sound the alarm bell about the shortage uh, of teachers for probably a decade or more now. Um, and I think what you're seeing is really the culmination. You know, it's been a growing problem, um, and now it's hit a point where it can't be ignored. It's coming into the metro centers from those remote and rural where it's been a problem for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just are not producing enough teachers, and we're not ensuring that the, the working conditions make for a tenable 30-year career, so we're losing too many of the staff we do have. I was uh, reminded of that as I was dropping my son off at school this morning, and I said, "Hurry up! You're going to be late." He goes, "Oh, this class, the, the, the teachers and the teachers always late." I go, "Why?" Because he says they have a tough time filling the spot. So whoever they're bringing in ends up being late, and it's not the teacher's fault. It's just the nature of of a shortage. And I and I realized I said, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, it's it's an issue." And I go, "Wow!" Even the kids are noticing it. Um, how do we fix this then? In your mind, is it just a case of more spots? Or I mean, I'm try, I'm trying to understand here. You know, when we talk about shortages, we always think about doctors and nurses um you know you would think we would have enough spots in our universities and colleges here um what do we do to fix this is it just a case of more more spaces that are needed um no it's it's actually a lot of things that are needed to work in conjunction more spaces certainly one of the things but what we really need and it's why we're calling for uh, a fully funded workforce strategy because there are a lot of areas you know, it is indeed producing enough teachers to fill the gaps and the increases. Um, but it's also, as I said, about how do we keep the teachers that are in the workforce? How do we retain them? How do we make sure they can afford to live in the neighborhoods that they live and work in? That there is housing for them in those neighborhoods um, and that the conditions that they're facing in the classroom don't mean they burn out in five years and uh, leave the workforce for another job. So there are many aspects to it. It's why we think a, a proper strategy that's fully funded over several years is the answer. So when you say the uh, the housing part, I understand. When you talk about environment in, in our classrooms, what specifically are they dealing with today? Well, I think it's no secret that the, the classrooms that we teach in now are becoming more and more complex. We certainly recognize better as a society that there's different individuals who have different levels of needs in order to be successful. Um, and there is, you know, sometimes there's language in place to support that, but we don't have enough people. So the, the people aren't there even where there is an idea of supporting them. Um, and so we need more people, we need more time to work with those students, and we need more money to ensure that we're producing the teachers we need, and keeping the ones we do have. It's, it's a complex classroom, and one of the most weighing things on any teacher is when they know there's a student there, they know they could help them, but they don't have the time or the resources, and that really affects your mental health in the long term when you see that on an ongoing basis. So we want every student to get what they deserve in the BC public education system. So uh, there are a lot of resource teachers as well that are helping or teacher aides, uh, teaching assistants, different names for them, but the same sort of work where they're helping out teachers. Um, is there a shortage of those resource teachers as well? 
well, there's two, two kind of things there. Resource teachers would be our members, and that's one of the specialized roles that supports those kids, and we don't have enough of those, and they often get pulled to cover classrooms. But there are also other support personnel, um, often they're QP members, but not always, um, and they're there to support the students absolutely. And, yes, there's a shortage of them. There's a shortage of our members. There's even a shortage of, you know, principals, vice principals. It runs through the whole system. Um, so we need more of them. Um, and also, you know, we think broadly, like there needs to be a way for those individuals. If they're interested in getting certified, it needs to be pathway for them. That means they can keep working, get certified, and become another person who's at, uh, in the classroom supporting those kids. Is this an ultimate commentary, though, uh, on our funding formula? Because ultimately schools get funded by the, the amount of students that they have, and there's a formula there, and that could impact education assistance as well, all of those things. I mean, is this ultimately a commentary at its core on our funding formula and the impact it's having on an individual level, not just on students, but on the ability to keep teachers uh, in schools so, so they don't burn out? I mean, is, is this a commentary ultimately on our funding formula? I think it's a commentary absolutely on the formula, but also the funding overall. And that's two kind of different pieces. You know, for us, uh, if you look at the percentage of GDP, if you use that measure that's invested in education, that's dropped dramatically. So overall, there's less money proportionally in education. But even if you look at uh, the model, like you said, uh, the districts, not us, the districts regularly report to government that they are they have a shortfall. Uh, often it's around the 350 million range, <coughs> pardon me, that is the difference between the money they receive to support students, particularly those most vulnerable students um, who need that extra support, and what they actually have to spend. So there's a shortfall every year. Not our, not our data. It's uh, reported out by the employer. Um, so it's the model and the overall amount of funding, we would say, yes. Is this a national issue? I mean, other provinces going through this, or is it a uniquely British Columbia issue? It is absolutely a national and, and even beyond national issue. Um, but certainly as a national issue, there might be some you know, fine differences in exactly where the funding shortfalls are, how it looks. But it's absolutely um, both the funding and the ability to retain and train teachers. Um, we used to get lots of teachers in BC from Ontario and other jurisdictions, and there's just not enough to do that anymore. Um, so it's a national problem for sure. And when you say you could get other teachers, and why they're not, and the, the reason they're not coming here is, is housing and cost as well? Well, there's a, there's a lot of reasons that can be part of it, but mostly it's that there is a shortage in their own province. So they, they don't have the drive or the impetus to move provinces. There's lots of jobs available to them in their own province. So many of them are staying where they you know, were born or grew up or where they're comfortable living. Um, whereas there used to be enough teachers that some of them thought about coming out here. And there's just not enough now. Hmm. Uh, in regards to fixing this, I mean, how, how confident are you that we can fix this? Because, you know, it takes a while to, 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 to get into this mess. And, and, and housing is a classic example. We've taken literally decades to get into this issue and this problem. And now we're trying to dig it our way out of it. And, and teaching is a different issue, but it's the same issue in the sense that we've taken a long time to get into this mess. Uh, how long do you think we can, mm-hmm. before we fix it in your mind? I mean, what's the time limit here? Do you think it's going to take another decade before we deal with these shortages? I don't think it's going to take a decade, but I think that largely hinges on how decisive uh, the government is in responding to this and how much they're willing to put the investment and the time and the priority on education that it needs. It could be, you know, it's not going to be solved tomorrow. You're absolutely right. We're not going to produce enough teachers by uh, August that we're going to have full full classrooms. Um, but it can be solved in a few years. It requires a political will. 
requires some confident action. You know, we've seen uh, this government take concrete action on healthcare uh, in terms of a strategy and funding that, um, and we think they can do the same thing. We know it's a priority for the citizens of BC that their children get a, a proper education and get good service, uh, and the kids deserve that. So uh, we think it can be solved in a shorter time frame, not tomorrow, but less than 10 years for sure. Clint, uh, thank you so much for your time. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Thank you very much, Shaz. Appreciate your time, too.